my rival. The same way, because uh, I'm always wearing tennis shoes. Right. I like my starch jeans, but I don't really wear boots that much. I only wear boots when I ride a horse. There you go. And, uh, but I just like wearing tennis shoes. They're comfortable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a shoe in tennis shoes. Yeah. And, but it usually trips people out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been heckled. Why, that you wear tennis shoes? Really? Well, like with starch jeans and a cowboy hat, people can't like. But like, go to any ranch rodeo exactly. when everybody gets out of the pickup, they all got tennis shoes on. I mean, they're comfortable. Yeah, I mean, but except been, me because they hurt my feet. Like, I wear tennis shoes and I, I can't kill my feet. I don't know what tennis it, shoes do. Yeah. Well, that's because I mean, you I've, were born in cowboy boots. I mean, like you? my boots, like literally, like if we're gonna go walk somewhere, like if somebody be like, oh, I'm wearing my tennis shoes because we got to walk five miles. Be like, no, I'm wearing my boots because they feel better to me. Like, my feet aren't sore the next day. It's just crazy to me. Like, <laughs> this, see, that's odd. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I don't I know. I might have just not worn boots as much as you. I mean, I've been heckled on stage for wearing tennis uh, shoes. Tennis. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if this is ironic, but uh, down in like Houston area, yeah. Uh, they're, they're like very particular about how you dress. Oh, well, you're like, be cowboy. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's got to be like you're strapped up. <laughs> And I've been on, it was a place called Moe's the Place. The most un-cowboy people want you to be cowboy. That's what's funny Hey, about that it. is true. Yeah. And I was on stage and I had a dude, he had his back to me. Like people were pressed to the front of the stage and he, this one guy had his back to me and he had his elbows up, you know, on yeah, the stage. And yeah, like yeah. You can watch him the whole time. And it's just like, which is funny too, because there's a bunch of people that are into it. And the one guy I'm focusing on is the one guy. Right, that's it's not, a lot. <laughs> he's pissed off because you yeah. got two issues on. It's like having that one person on Instagram that comments something negative and yeah. that's all you can think about. Yeah, exactly. Even all the other people that were uh, nice. Yeah. Know? So this one guy has back to me the whole time. In between songs, it's like dead silent. And he goes, Where are your cowboy boots? And he like turned around over his shoulder, <laughs> Where are your cowboy boots? I go, What? He goes, You're wearing tennis shoes. Where are your cowboy boots? And I go, I only wear them when I ride horses. And he goes, oh, yeah? Well, what do you do for a living? And I was like, I shoe horses. <laughs> and he goes, I go, I'm like leaning off down the stage. I go, I shoe horses. And he goes, oh. And I go, what do you do? And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you heckling me? Where's your penny loafers, Pecker Wood? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. Well, hey, before we started, we were talking about Yellowstone. Yeah. Moving down to sort of. Like, do you think the whole show is going to move uh, down this way? I don't know. I bet it does eventually, you know. Uh, I would think. I mean, why else would? Because the producers are all, I think, from Weatherford. Yeah, right there around there for sure. At least the executive producer is. Mm -hmm. Do you know him, Sheridan? Yes. Okay. I do. Not very well. I mean, right. We he knows who I am and I know who he is and we've had a few conversations and cool cat like really a cool cat really yeah he's a really cool guy down I have like earth. one mutual friend now you're the the next one yeah yeah down to earth that I came in he's he could walk right in here and sit down and carry on a conversation I mean he's he's a cool dude when really I saw is. that they bought the four sixes or when when it popped up that somebody bought the four sixes right you're immediately like oh like it's a developer or yeah, something. Yeah, right. But then I saw that it was them, and then the whole premise of the show is... Cowboy. Um, yeah, and yeah. people are moving in, trying to take the land from Heck yeah. the way it's supposed to be. So it was... And then reading the article, it sounded like they really wanted to preserve the history. I of, think so. I mean, I think they're going to not only preserve it, but, you know, I mean, kind of hit a different market with it as well. Mm -hmm. 
uh, from the rumors, and you know, you hear all kinds of stuff floating around out there. The rumors are Taylor said he's going to raise the best cows, have the best horses, and have the best cowboys. So that's cool. That's good for our industry, no doubt about it whatsoever. You know, as Yellowstone has been good for the industry, you know, I and mean, a lot of guys think that Yellowstone is all oh, that a bunch of fake shits, you know. And, but it, yeah, there's some stuff that it's not necessarily related to what we do on the day-to-day basis as ranchers or cowboys or whatever, but also it brought the cowboy, the cowboy lifestyle kind of to the forefront of those people that don't even realize that we're around anymore, you know I mean? Cause the, so it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It helps everybody. I mean, it helps the horse industry, the cattle industry, the ranchers. It, it, It brings it to the forefront of those people that don't see it all the time or don't even have a glimpse into it. So now at least they're, know that there's actual maybe cowboys out there that or they studied around and figured out there's still cowboys out there doing what we do today so that's pretty cool at some point with shows like that there's going to be some things that are a little bit corny right uh but for the most part they're they're talking about issues that are real oh no doubt the fundamental premise of the whole show is very real there's a lot of people going through that exact thing and then there's little nuances through it that are are very accurate. Right. I mean, the type of music that they play on there. Right. The type of music they promote. That's a big part of, I don't know, it's just a big part of my way of life. Yeah, and I mean, you know. In Texas, I mean, it's just we listen to different stuff than a lot of other people. Exactly. Even the stereotypical, what people would think is like country. Right. Like We don't really listen to a no, lot of exactly. it. There's like a whole separate thing. The type of horses that they use on there. Right. I mean, they got raining horses on there. Right. Which... I, I would have to think 99% of Americans don't know what a reining horse is. No, but they had, um, you know, from over there in Pilot Point and Aubrey, they got Tom McCutcheon. Right. Uh, I think they had McQuay on there, which are, I mean, that's like the yeah. cream de la creme of, of reiners. No and doubt. they have them on the show. Yeah, that's cool. There's a lot of like real, and they, they made an effort to do some real things. Oh, no doubt. It's, and those industries have exploded because yes, of it. Exactly. For better and for worse. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, and, and there's always going to be those that down talk whatever it is and they talk bad about it or that, you know, I mean, it's both sides of the. Why do they actually talk bad about it? What is it? Uh, you know, it's just, that's not real. We don't do that. Gotcha. You know? I'm like, come on, dude. It's a freaking TV show. What's been like I mean, a couple of the things that you've noticed where you're like, oh, come on. Oh, well, like the, uh, the very first, and I'll just straight up tell you, the very first time I watched it, uh, when, I wonder if it's the same ones that I, I don't noticed. know. Probably, I bet it is. <laughs> when they pull the calf by hand and oh, he jumps dude, up, he and, up runs and runs off. off. Pew, That's gone. the like, exact one. Oh, like, my God. Come on now. They like, just pulled it and it yeah. gets up and runs well, off. Well, he pulls it with his hands. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. If, you, if, you had never been in the, if you're not in the cattle industry, you know, and you had never pulled a calf out of a cow, you damn sure ain't going to do it with your hands because it is so slick. <laughs> So greasy, so wet. I mean, you can't. It's the uh, slimiest, slickest thing you've ever put your hands on, you know. And, and it just so, gets up and runs off. Yeah, the calf jumps up and runs off, you know. And I'm like, well, there you go. That is fake, is all fake can get. But yeah, they needed a little bit of what? Is it a producer that, like a. I don't even know what you call those people that say, yes, you can do that or no, don't do that. Yeah, or, you I know, don't like a. Because like in a film, I get confused if it's. If, like producers sometimes are just the money people. Yeah. So I don't know, like, you know, they need somebody to go, yes, do that, or no, don't do that. That's that's not that's not even fathomable, you know. Like when uh, what's your other one? Uh my well, this one's like hyper specific, uh, only because I'm a horseshoer. And oh, so okay. and so they're uh 
he's like loping out. I think it's Kevin Costner, and he's like loping out through a pasture. He's gonna go check on some some cows or something. <laughs> and uh, super nice horse he's riding, but on the back of it, he's got. I mean, they have freaking toe weight, <laughs> inch and a half <laughs> sliders <laughs> on those hind feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's loping out there to check cows. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, mm. and he, you can tell when he stop when he oh, says yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sucker's sliding halfway. Flip, across he's lucky the, he didn't flip over. No kidding. Out there so, in like grass, like yeah, that. No I mean, doubt. That's no slick. Doubt. No doubt. And so when he was loping out there, I, I was like. Yeah, my my other one was when they roped the bull and turned the rope loose. Did you see that? No. When they sent the dogs in, they had some dogs and they were going to get these bulls out Is of the trees. Is that when old Bingham was in there? You know, I think so. Yeah, I think. And, he, yeah, but this Angus bull comes running out, you know, and they're bellering in the woods in there, and it's like everybody watching boys, watching. He's a bad one, you know, and <laughs> he comes running out, and Casey, the son, is supposed to. I don't know, midnight like what, but he. It's supposed to be Casey, and he runs and ropes him and gets him stopped and then just turns the rope loose, and the bull runs off dragging the rope. And I'm like, huh. And why would you rope the bull and, and then turn, turn it him loose? <laughs> like, it didn't make I no sense. I don't actually remember that one. Yeah. Was there a reason he turned it loose? No. I mean, it was just like. I was just. He was just wanting an adrenaline. I think, I think Martin. You know, when, and I think they talk like, uh, they talk like. What'd you see that? Like, oh, it's dangerous. He roped that bull. You know, he just needed an adrenaline rush because he was hadn't done nothing in a while or oh, something like yeah, that. Just, so, yeah, that was another one of mine. I was like, what the hell? Would but you? in the grand scheme of things, when you look at a lot of old westerns and stuff, right. there was some super corny stuff. Yeah, in those. no doubt, no doubt. I mean, so when like you, John Wayne putting his putting the reins in his teeth and feel your hands, you sons of bitches. Hey. Or, or like earing one down, yeah, biting its ear, yeah, yeah. Like I like the theory behind that. <laughs> you know, I'm all, I'm, you know, but come on, that sucker throws its yeah. head. I mean, you're busting Rip out all your, your teeth, teeth. <laughs> yeah, or jerks it away. I mean, you're going to get an ear, but you're going to lose your teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess juxtaposed to all those, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's pretty spot on. Pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah. And so you need to be on there. I'm trying. I'm just. Are you really? Yeah. Heck yeah, I'm trying. You don't try to do anything. <laughs> well, there you go. You just Watch it, out. Right. Uh huh. Stay tuned. I think, right? Stay tuned. I've only met you twice. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. You, really? I'm working on it. Yeah. yeah How yeah. cool would that be? Oh, it would be. It'd be real cool. What now, they might think? have me like taking the trash out of the bunkhouse or something, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, not never be on screen, but yeah. something like that would be cool. You know, why would you, why do you think you wouldn't be on screen? <laughs> Who knows? You never know about that kind of stuff. Are you just being coy? Are you really going to be on there? I don't know. That'd be cool. It would be cool, wouldn't it? I think you got to do it, but you got to have a pretty good role. I think you could be. I think you could be an actor. I think you think so. That's what's kind of interesting about you is well, because obviously the whole internet with social media, you're relatively an average guy. No, I am just an average, cowboy, very average guy. <laughs> I mean, and then all of a sudden, I mean, you got all these followers, and you got people hitting you up all the time, and then you could be on a TV show. Yeah, it's it is it's. It's, is that odd? It is very odd for me. I mean, no doubt about it. It's it's something that I, you know, I kind of struggle with here and there, but because it is so odd to me, and uh, but mm. I've also learned to kind of how to deal with it and 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 take it very humbly and appreciate, you know, everything. It's just like this morning I got a message from a follower on IG and. Uh, she messaged me and she said her nephew and I, I mean, she doesn't, I don't follow her. She don't follow me, but her nephew follows me and they were moving cows this morning or something. She said that he rode up to her and he said, uh, Hey, aunt, 
I, I, I don't even know what her name is, but aunt so-and-so, would you take some pictures of me? Uh, I'd, I'd like to have some pictures I can put on my IG. And she was like, oh yeah, why's that? And he was like, he showed her my page and said, cause I, this guy here's one of my heroes and I want to see. And I'm like, Oh, you know? And so she sent me a message this, this morning actually. And said, I just want to let you know that there's little cowboys and cowgirls out there that are looking up to you and just going to let you know this is what my nephew said this morning, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's very humbling, very surreal. You know, it's like, I appreciate that, you know, and it, it does mean a lot. And it's like pretty cool. It's real cool. Yeah. What would be like the biggest struggle with that type of stuff just in your head space? Yeah, you know, I mean, to me, I'm just buster. I just, I don't, I don't nobody looks up to me, you know, I mean, I got friends and I got people that I hang around, but I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like anybody should look up to me, you know I mean? I'm just, a, like you said, I'm just an average dude, a cowboy. Well, sort of, I mean, you're a unique individual. Don't take that as like, I'm, no, like, you're I, a cool cat. There's yeah, no, no, like, I get it why people are interested in who you are, Yeah, I don't, but it's gotta be a little bit weird. It way. is weird. You know I mean? It, it from, I came from very, 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 very humble beginnings. We kind of talked about it. We had lunch a little bit ago and I kind of talked about Sweetie it. Sweetie pies, ribeyes. Sweetie pies, ribeyes. What'd you and, have? You had a chicken? I had a chicken fried ribeye and it was really good. My ribeye was If you ever indicator, stop by Sweetie pies, Sweetie ribeyes, pies ribeyes and uh, order the chicken fried ribeye because it is badass. They call it the buster. Yeah. No. <laughs> they do now. They do now. They do All now. Right, cool. Cool. <laughs> All I right. just talked with him when we were walking right, out. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you have chicken fried ribeyes named after you. Yeah, uh, just by you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, we only yeah. walk like 30 foot, so nobody knows it. It really was. It was like 30 feet yeah, over like there. it's like 30 feet perfect, over there where it? we are. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. I no, it's, it, it is. It's I don't even know where we're at. But even like sitting here talking to you, you know, I mean, that really, it's, it's hard for me to even think about why anybody would want to listen to what i have to say you know i mean i don't know it's just is it a weird transition okay so being humble and trying to keep a humble mindset uh is it a weird transition into staying like humble not getting too big for your britches but also recognizing that there's people that care about what you have to say and like what you mean as a person like they look up to you yeah I feel like that that's a difficult thing to to navigate. Staying humble, right? But then also recognizing that right. people look up to you. Well, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I think there's a there is it's a it's a hard transition there to understand. And I think uh, I don't know. I want to I want to say that I think I handled that pretty well because I am I am pretty down to earth. I'm pretty. I mean, I am down to earth. I don't. I mean, I'm Buster, and I'll always be Buster, and that's what I tell people. You know, I'm like, so send me a message or something on IG, and like, are you the one that does your Instagram? I'm like, yeah, that's me, and they're like, no, come on, am I really talking to Buster? And I'm like, yeah, you're talking to Buster. I mean, I, I'm Buster. I, I get up in the morning and do my deal, whether I'm punching cows or whether I'm building fence or whether I'm working on my feed truck or you know, I mean, I just do what I do, and it's the internet has been a outlet. Again, kind of like what Yellowstone, you know, it kind of brought the cowboy, and I, I feel I feel good about bringing that to some people that don't understand it or don't know we're even there, and that's kind of how I even got into it five years ago, six years ago. Now I guess I didn't even have Instagram, you know. I mean, I I Who didn't even I didn't even know what Instagram was. Interesting. And a guy came to work for me who I'm business partners with now, and he had Instagram, and he was taking pictures of me and the ranch and where I worked and what we were doing. 
And uh, he was an ex-military spec ops guy. And then I started Bison Union with him. And uh, anyways, he was thrilled about to get to be on the ranch and doing what, you know, I mean, he, he said everybody when they grow up, if they're little boys, they either want to what? Be a cowboy, be a cowboy. or be in the military. Firefighter. Firefighter. Maybe first responder, some sort yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of every little boy's childhood dream is to be a cowboy, a military guy or a firefighter, a policeman, something like that. And so he'd been in the military 16 years, spec ops, and said he wanted to work on a ranch. And he contacted a guy that happened to know me, and the guy called me and said, hey, I got a buddy that wants to work on a ranch. Would you be interested in talking to him? Sure. So he came to work for me. And like I said, at that time, I didn't even have IG. I mean, I barely looked at Facebook. I had Facebook for like to hmm. keep up with my family, you know, and friends and whatnot. But I wasn't big into it at all. And so this guy told you about Instagram? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Like I didn't even know it was like, I didn't even know it. He's like, are you? And that was only like five or six years ago. Six years ago. Yeah. Maybe it was six and a half years ago. And so <laughs> he bugged me forever about, you need to get Instagram because he would post a picture of me doing something at the ranch or us doing something at the ranch or horses or cows or something. And he would get a, you know, you'd get a huge influx of people following him because of it. And he was like, people are, they want to know about it. They want to know about you. They want to know about what you're doing, why we're doing this, you know? And he's like, you need to get IG, you need to get Instagram. I'm like, man, I don't need that shit. I don't need that. I don't need that. And so one day we're actually headed to build fence, and he's like, you got Instagram yet? I'm like, no, I don't have Instagram. I'm driving the truck, you know, clacking along. Got T-Post and wire and all that shit that you need to go build fence. And I just handed him my phone. I just reached over and handed him my phone and said, here, put it on there. And like, he set my Instagram account up as we're driving to build fence. And I think, you know, I mean, he was, and I watched him and I had him help me because he's a very savvy guy. And he was like, do this, do that, you know, I mean, it takes some good pictures. And he was kind of giving me hints and I got to watch and I'm, I'm very much that way with anything I do, you know, I mean, I watch and I listen and I try to pay attention. Even if I don't know anything about what we're doing, I can pick up quite a bit of information, you know, just by watching and seeing and watching how you do what you do. And how he does what he does, you know. And so I watch. I found me some people that I went to following, and I got to kind of watching how they posted and why they posted and when they posted and what they were posting about, you know, the picture quality and whatnot. And here in a minute, I look up and I got. I think I've got thirty three or thirty four thousand followers now. It's like crazy. It is crazy, you know. And it's like wow. And that's the only reason, you know. I mean, I figure I'm here on this show. It's like, it, you know, it just kind of multiplies multiplies you go to here and somebody sees you here and say you know it's just a network it's just a great way to network it's a great way well, to first time so if this doesn't explain how cool you are because i didn't discover you because of like instagram or right. some cool photograph first time i met you you were picking up at uh tough did his new yeah. year's yeah yeah day. yeah and yep. I met you down there, and you came. They had that stage, like right there in the arena, right there in the Coliseum uh -huh. in Fort Worth, and they had it right there. I guess it was in the arena. Right. And you came, you came by on your horse, and I was doing sound check. Yeah. I said, "Hey, man, I'm Buster Price." And yeah, I was like, "Good to meet you." What's <laughs> funny is how I knew you, how I knew who you were, was a good friend of mine shot horses with a guy that taught you how to shoot horses, Danny Anderson. There you go. Are you serious? You know, that's the only reason I knew who you were. Hold a on, picture a picture. A picture CD single, the one that you're lighting that cigarette off that hot iron or that hot shoe. Yeah. I picked it up at Abilene at the Western Heritage. I was standing there Whoa. talking to Danny. 
I was standing there talking to Danny. Me and him were bullshitting, and I looked over, and he had that CD, that single sitting on there. And I said, who's that? He said, oh, it's a kid that learned how to shoe. I taught how to shoe. He said, he picks a pretty good guitar and sings pretty good. I'm like, really? And he was like, yeah, 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 take one. And so I took one, and on the way home from Western Heritage, I put it in and listened. I'm like, dang, that guy's good. And so Whoa. that's how I knew you. You never told me that. Yeah, that's how I knew you. So when I rode by, I thought that was funny Man. that you were there at Tufts, yeah. at Tufts Roping. And uh, so I was like, damn, that's that kid that that's that kid that uh, Danny told me about. And so I sat and listened to you that night, and, you know, and I went by, and I'm like, hey, Jared, what's up? I'm Buster. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'll that's be damn, how. Man, you just blew my mind. Yeah. Because huh? I, I actually, Danny lives like over there near Collinsville, north yeah. of Denton. And uh, he had texted me and said he was going to that Western Heritage deal right. and I needed to come drop off some CDs. And sure stuff. So I went that week before, I went to his house and dropped off all my stuff. Isn't that cool? I didn't realize that that's how that. And so, how I met Danny, you know, Jackie Barnett? Not personally. So Jackie was a good friend of mine, and so I knew Jackie, and he'd always talked about this Danny guy, this Danny guy, this Danny guy. Good horse, sir. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what Jackie always said about him, you know, and Jackie cowboyed with me and shot horses and always, I mean, we've been friends a long time. And uh, so when I was at Abilene, I walked by, and there's Danny, you know, and I'm like, hey. Selling his knives. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man, a buddy of mine, he's like, you know, Jackie, you know Jackie Barnett? I'm like, oh, yeah, me, and he's like, oh, hell. So we got to stand there just BSing, you know, and like I said, I looked over to Senior CD and I'm like, I'll be damn. That is so cool. Isn't that crazy. Yeah. So like Danny's son is my brother-in-law. Okay. All right. Uh they live here in Decatur, but yeah, gotcha. he married my sister. Gotcha. And so at the end of high school, like I wasn't I, I grew up in Decatur, so a lot of guys I knew and was friends with, they all rodeoed and right. uh and like everybody had cattle and stuff like that. But yeah. I wasn't raised with it. Uh wasn't raised around it, didn't know anything about it. Like couldn't halter a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so at the end of high school, I started working for my brother-in-law. And like the first time I went to work with him was like the first time I haltered a horse. That's and, cool. And so I was probably, I don't know, junior, senior high school or something like that. Yeah. And uh, and then just shod with him for a long time. He taught me mostly everything. And then other than that, it was all just self-taught, just YouTube. Right. How the heck do I do this? Yeah. How do I do that? What not to do? Yeah. But shoeing, you know, you get in some pretty squirrely situations. Oh, no <laughs> and uh, so you pretty quickly no start to get a pretty good handle on, uh, yeah. on horses. Yeah, I bet that's right. Even you're forced yeah, to. Yeah, you got else. to. Yeah, for sure. You either got but to. But that's how I learned. Out. So it was, and then and then Danny got hurt real bad at one point and he jacked up his shoulder or something yeah. like that. And so we ended up going and, and helping him a bunch. And so <laughs> then I got to learn from Danny yeah. as well. And then there's a couple other guys over in that area, but they're real deal horseshoes. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No real doubt. deal. It's so like, it's funny, even that world, you know, and so I'm friends with Lee Olson at Olson Equine out there at Weatherford or Brock, where I, I live right down the road from him. And Lee and I are good friends and he's a farrier and does a lot of the same blacksmithing kind of top farrier, old school, where you got to build your own shoes and do all that now, stuff. Hey, now, hey, yeah. hey, don't, don't get me wrong. I ain't building a lot of shoes. I'm buying pre-stamped. Oh, pre yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can uh, yeah, I'm, if I was forced to, yeah, maybe you sort of, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so anyway, so we, where I was going with that was Lee asked me if I would bring the horses up there to the World Championship Farrier Contest that they had this last winter during the finals at Billy Bob's. Well, then do you know Chad Chance? Yes. 
Okay. So, so Chad's another guy that I yeah, sort of so got I to. took all the horses up there for that deal. And, of course, Danny was there and Chad yeah, was there. Yeah. And then there were some other guys there, you know. Hey, how that, freaking cool is Chad? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, it's like like you say, then we get back to that networking deal where you see this guy and you meet this guy and they meet this guy. And, you know, you just start piggybacking off of everybody. And it's like before you know it, you got, you got this crew of people that are around you, you know, that's awesome. And you're like, dang, this is pretty cool, you know. I mean, this is real cool. And now, and now you're a singer, you know, and it's like, man, I get to hang out with some cool people. It's wild, isn't it? It is. It's so crazy, you know. And it's what it, it's real to me. It's like, why not? What? What? You know? I mean, <laughs> like, you know, me and Dale Brisby are friends, and, uh-huh. you know. And so through Dale, I've met Red Shahan, and Red Shahan and I are friends now. Matter of fact, that was the cow that me and Dale called at the Dairy Queen parking lot. Was Reds? Yeah, but don't tell nobody. Well, no, we won't. We'll keep this totally <laughs> private. <laughs> we won't tell anybody. <laughs> was it really his? Yeah, so he told Dale when we pulled up over there, he's like, do not video this. Do not video. And of course, Dale, as soon as we got oh, 10 we foot got away to. from Red, he went to video. And, you know, <laughs> I'm like, Red's going to kill you. You know, so me and Red are good friends now, you know. I mean, it's cool. It's cool to get to meet and see and greet and be friends with people, you know, that I never would have the opportunity to without the Bert's, internet bird setting up my instagram account yeah. and i mean that's the truth and that's just the way it is and some you know there's there's good and bad and everything totally and as long as you tend to it right i think you know it's a good it's a good tool to have in your pocket a lot of guys you know they <clears throat> in the cowboy world of course you know how it is they're always behind times no matter what situation it is whether it's instagram or whether it's the way you market your cattle or the way you you know you gather a dealer seems like the cowboy industry is always a little bit behind because mm-hmm. we're pretty hard-headed we don't want to step into the new technology we don't want to use that stuff because we are hard-headed and you know we want to do it the way we've always done it sure sure and uh you know so it's like i get i get ribbed quite a bit from that side of it too you know from guys that are Cowboy, cowboys. Which, I mean, there's way better cowboys out there than me. No well, doubt so about it. has have you uh, have you had those moments where? Okay, so let me preface this. Okay. Obviously, there's some people on Instagram, Facebook, and all that that are doing the whole Western. Yeah, I'm a fake cowboy. Is all fake right. Food, yeah. Okay, so ha- has it happened where you show up somewhere and guys kind of want to rib you and see what you're all about? Oh yeah, see no if doubt. You're for like, real, and then yeah. they're like, "Oh damn, this guy." Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they test you, no doubt about is it. Is it kind of funny to see them once yeah. you, they know you know what yeah. you're doing? Yeah, it is. It's a, <laughs> it's a good deal, you know. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah for sure. There's some tests been thrown out there, you know. Some guys are like, "Oh, this guy really can can he really do what he can? You know, what he portrays sure. himself as? You know, yeah. and." I'm always skeptical of it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you have to be nowadays. It happens in the country music world. Like, everybody wears a cowboy hat. Yeah, everybody. You know, I mean, in every industry, there's those fakes that wannabes, you know. I mean, and that's what we call them, you know. Just like wannabe singers, wannabe cowboys, wannabe whatever they are, you know. It's like... Look, and here's, like, the fundamental premise. Is a guy like you, you don't care. Like, if somebody somebody don't know a thing, they don't know the front end from the ass end of a cow, you don't care. I don't care. As long as somebody's straight up. As long as you're straight up and you're respectful about it and you you step in there and stomping around, acting like you know and talking the big game, you know, and then I tell you, hey, why don't you run over and catch that cow right quick and you can't uncoil your rope? It gets weird. Then it's kind of like, oh. But, But if the same person were to be like, hey, man, 
I don't know what I'm doing. Exactly. You would. Oh my gosh. You'd probably do it all day long. Yeah. Let me help you. Yeah. You know, here's what we got to go about. Let's do it this way. You know, everything's earned. I earned everything that I've ever had. You know, I've worked my ass off my whole life. It's just one of them deals where it's like I tell my son who's 15, I'm like, you can do whatever you want in this world as long as you earn it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you, you, you understand that you're not going to have anything given to you. This whole world's big, mean, rough and tough. I mean, it's, it sucks. I mean, if, if you want something, you can do it, but you damn sure better be willing to pay the price. And that price is, you know, whatever you want to give to it, blood, skin, tears, broken bones, you know, I mean, I've had all that stuff. I've, I've punched cows for a little while now. Not, and I can say there's guys out there that are way, 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 way better cowboys than I am, way better horse trainers, whatever you want to say, you know, I mean, there's guys out there that do it way better than I do. I just happen to have a platform to kind of show it, you know, and nowadays, mm-hmm. And so it's one of those deals where it's kind of like you you sit back and you look at it and you're like, I feel like I'm one of those guys or I feel like I can go do whatever I want to do, whatever I want to do it. You know I mean? If I find and surround myself with the right people, then, you know, your success is not guaranteed by any means, but it's damn sure going to help you. It's like I tell everybody, you're, you're, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Uh, let me think about that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you are, you know, I mean, you hang out with five crackheads, you're going to be an average crackhead. You hang out with <laughs> the top five calf ropers in the world, and that's what you want to be. Yeah. You're going to be average calf roper, yeah. you know, those top five guys. You're the, you're the, to, you're the average okay. of the top now, five but people. See, here's the thing, though, is like, it, what about hanging out with people that you're trying to pull up? Yeah, no doubt. Because, you know, like most, most self-help books or any, any sort of thing like that, We'll typically tell you to hang out with people that are, you know, better or bigger right. or striving for more than you are. Right. But at some point, it's not, you know, if there's a, if there's somebody that needs you to pull them up. I think I think in that essence of it, you know, I think you have to be willing to hang out with those people as well. But those people have to come seek you out, in my opinion. Like, okay. I'm not going to go find somebody okay. and just hunt them out and go, hey, you need to come hang out with me. But if those people reach out to me and say, hey, this is what I want to do, and I think you're somebody I would like to try to learn from or emulate or do something like that, you have to be willing on like my side of it to say, either take the chance, yes, I'll help you, or no, you're not worth my time, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. jacking with you. And so I think that that too. That, oh, you're not worth my time. That's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, but there's those people that are there. Because you seem like a lover. Yeah, no doubt. Like I, I mean, don't think I, you like I, to be mean to people. I would. Some to, people would, get off to it. I would try to help anybody, but there's a time you got to cut, cut, cut your losses at one time. You know, I mean, there's very few people I've ever had to cut my losses with just because they're not. They don't want to put forth the effort. They don't want to put forth the time. They don't want to do the right thing to be where they say they want to be. It's kind of like mm-hmm. those fakes that we were talking about. You know, I mean, they talk a good game. But, yeah, when it comes down to putting the work in, they don't want to do the work. And you can do everything and do everything and do everything and try to help them along, and they still don't want to do the work. Well, it's like, well, all right, I'm going to spend my time and my energy on somebody that really wants it. And, you know, I've had some kids come to work for me at the ranch or come and help me, you know. And there's been two or three of them that they stayed three or four weeks. They couldn't make it. They wouldn't hack it. You know, they always had excuses. They always were late for work. They always, something was, something was wrong. Something, they couldn't do this. They couldn't do that because there was something going on. And then I had those other guys that show up that are grind 15 hours a day. And I'm talking about like 
Mm-hmm. It don't matter what situation you put them in, where you put them, how much you put them there. They're like they're they're there an hour early. They're there an hour late. I mean, they're they crave it. They want it. And those people, they're you know, there's two or three of those guys that work for me. And whether I did it or whether somebody else did it, I mean, they've had a little bit of piece of me in them. And those guys are very successful now. And they've got their they're doing the they they're helping people now. You know, I mean, it's it's a cool to see that for sure. Yeah, dude, really cool. The grind, finding finding people that just want to put in the day to day work. Yeah, and that's something I didn't realize in my early twenties is is you you start getting real big lofty ideas and living in the clouds and all right. these things you want to accomplish. But at least for me, it was what am I? You know, I could sit there and think about ten years from now where I would be, which is to a certain degree, it's good to have goals like that. Right. But then I'd sit there for a day or two and I hadn't accomplished anything. Right. It's like, no, what are you doing right now? Yeah. And uh, when you can focus on those tiny little goals and just, and then, and then at some point you start having a little bit more success and then those successes kind of, they don't really fulfill you. And then you start to realize that those little, uh, you know, segments of just grinding and the process is what you start to become addicted to. And the outcome is just happens because you did the work here. Right. But the thing you enjoyed was just the work. Yeah. It's just basic. You got to go back to the basics every time, you know, and your basics improve. So like you finally figure out how to do this and it's very basic. And then the next time you do it, your basics at the top of where you left off the last time. And so I, I kind of go like with my horses. I watch it with my horses. Like the very first horse I trained by myself from start as a two-year-old, I still have him. He's 21 years old. He's 22 years old now. Whoa. I still have him. Yeah. He was a very good horse. Like, he's a good horse. Wasn't the best horse I ever rode. Wasn't the best horse I ever trained, but he was a very good horse. I still have him. He won me a lot of money, different different events, rodeo, team roping, ranch rodeo. I mean, uh, Oh, he does everything. Yeah, like, do everything. He go punch cows on him. I mean, like, good yeah. horse, good horse. What's his name? Bean. Oh, Bean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Bean. 21. He's 22 now. 22. Yeah, he's 22. So, and it's still around. Like, I'll ride him every once in a while. He's in great shape, you know. I mean, I'll ride him here and there. Not much. He's kind of got the retired life. Sure. But, you know, I look at him and what he could do. And then I look at a four year or five year old that I'm riding right now. They can do three times as much as he could, it, and as much as he can now. Yeah. You know, individual talent wise, you know, like spins and stops and turnbacks and working a cow and running and, you know, rating a cow and doing that kind of stuff. Those horses are younger. They're better than what he is because I've honed my skills uh, over the years. So it had less to do with him and more to do with you. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? It's not his, it, it's, it's it sure. was me. I'm, sure. I, he could have been the same caliber of horse as that four-year-old that I'm riding right now, but I didn't know. I didn't understand how to get him to that point. I had to go through 15 or 20 horses to finally figure out. So when I say go back to the basics, your basics are always changing. Your basics are always getting better. And so if you don't, if you don't allow yourself to go above and beyond that and you just do the same, if I had been, if I did the same thing that I did to Bean to my four-year-old now, he would be the same horse as Bean was and so that's kind of how I, I associate. You go back to the basics, but your basics always are changing. You're a hell of a lot better guitar picker than you were six months ago. I don't know. I was pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm per- I don't have anything to work on. Well, I got- you know, I mean, if you just quit, if you just like, if you just like, well, you know, yeah. I can play this and I can do that. 
and I'm not going to improve. And then you see, or, or as opposed to, and I don't know anything about me, the music or industry you're playing because I have no musical talent whatsoever. It's the same thing that you're talking about. You got to have the self awareness. Yeah, you got to go, man. I want to. Oh, damn! Did you hear that? I want to play. I want to yeah. be able to play that. And so you strive to be better every chance. And then it's like you look back and it's like, man, I couldn't play that six months ago and I can rip it now. So mm-hmm. I'm bored with that. I need to do something better. Let's do something bigger. Let's do something more. How, how much How much has teaching somebody else, maybe specifically something like with horses, uh, teaching somebody else horsemanship skills, how much does, or I guess, yeah, teaching somebody to do anything, yeah. uh, how much does that help you? Uh, with how good you are at something. Because I think when you teach somebody something, it immediately brings you back to basics. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Like I got a kid that I just started, he started working with me one day a week shoeing horses. Yeah. And and some of the things that I are just second nature. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah. You, he go, yeah, what are you doing there? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you just got to, you got to do, you got to put a little groove underneath these nails and yeah. you're going to, this is called a clincher. You're going to, yeah. and like stuff that just, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't, remember that I needed to right. teach that to somebody. And then it makes me, you know, the next time I go shoe, I'm thinking about the way that I taught him to clinch a nail. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, dude, you've kind of been. You're yeah, slacking been, on it. Yeah. yeah it's just you know, something it, that you yeah. just, it's like putting your boots on. I mean, you don't ever notice it until your feet hurt. So you put your boot on, you know, you put them on a certain way, you put them on a certain way, and then you stub your toe. And then the next time you go to put your boot on, you're like, whoa. Right. I got to put it on a little different way. Like, I didn't do that. Like, that that wasn't right. You know, same deal about training horses and training people, you know, or helping people learn how to do different things. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, like me just showing somebody how to hang my girts up on my saddle, you know, whenever you saddle a horse or you unsaddle a horse, how you hang them up and how you put your latigos and, you know, the way your bridle hangs, you know. And I mean, I just do it second nature. And then you look up, and I got three or four bridles that I've just thrown over there on the bridle rack, and they're, I'm like, man, what is my, Yeah. I was in a hurry, yeah. and so I didn't do it like I needed to, you know? And so, yeah, it, it does. It helps It helps you bring you back to the to the basic. It helps bring you back to that spot where you're like, oh, yeah, remember, I had to start here too. Do you feel like training horses, do you feel like training horses, you've learned more about how to train them? Or you've learned more about yourself? Oh, way more about myself, for sure. You know, those... You started to smile when I was asking that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's one of those deals. I always said, I read it one somewhere, and I don't remember where I read it or who said it, but somebody way smarter than me said it. But more great horses have made good trainers than good Mm. trainers have ever made great horses. And I believe that, no doubt about it. I mean, I've been blessed to have a few good horses. And like I say, my horses are ranch horses. They're cowboy horses. You know, I ranch rodeo, and I show in the ranch horse competitions here and there and, you know, do a little roping here and there. But it's uh, it's nothing like the rangers or the cow horses or the cutters or anything like that. You know, I mean, I'm just just a cowboy. But I do take pride in my horses, and I've had the availability of having a couple of good horses and, you know, that are people know about and remember, like, hey, what's that old saw horse you used to ride? You know, it makes you feel good when somebody says that like what'd you do with him and they're like hey where's that black horse you used to ride you still got your black horse you know and somebody will say you know here and there like where where's that saw horse where's that where's that buckskin horse you know and like everybody and so it makes you feel good that people notice your horsemanship and your skills you know and so it's like you you want to improve on that every horse that i get you know i, I know what horses suit me better 
I can ride one for a couple of days and go, eh, I don't know if he's going to work. You know, I don't know if he and I are going to jive or I don't sure. know if this horse is going to fit my style or he's, you know, my style is going to fit him, whatever. And so I've learned how to cut those out, you know, or at least where I don't waste as many and I can send them somewhere else or do something else with them. Call a buddy of mine and say, Hey, I got a horse. He ain't going to fit me, but I think he'll fit you. You know, that's, uh, he's for sale. I'm going to sell him, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's a, it's a deal where those horses, those horses make way better trainers. You know I mean? They, if you can, if I can just stay out of their way, give them the basics and then stay out of their way and let them learn on their own, they, they turn out to be way better horses if I just stay out of their way and kind of I can give them the basic hey we need to go here and there and do this and do that but then just put them in those situations and get back and stay out of the way I think I've learned that about myself more than anything if I try to force myself and way I want to do it on one I'm probably too too strong there and so it's like I've learned that over my years like yeah, if I just kind of back off him and let him figure it out and stay out of his way, he's a good enough horse that he'll mm-hmm. either figure it out. And I've figured it out whether they can do that or whether they can't, you know what I mean? So in terms of training horses, did you start with just breaking colts yeah. and then? Yeah, just, you know, starting two-year-olds and yeah. just riding colts for horses for the public and just doing that kind of thing, you know what I mean? My dad did that when I was growing up. He'd start a bunch of colts for the outside, for the public. Was that most all the time or would he just do it like every spring? No. Or- I mean, all the time. We had yeah. colts around there all the time, you know. I mean, I, I'll never forget. The, they're the most vivid, probably one of the most vivid memories that I have of my childhood was I was riding a bike. I was probably seven or eight years old. My dad, he's a big, tall, lanky, black-headed, always had a big black mustache, you know, and real soft-spoken, didn't say a whole lot. And I'll never forget, I come around the corner riding my bike, and like I say, I was probably seven or eight, and, and we had a little old 20-acre field by the barn, Man, my dad was putting a bronc ride on on this big gray gilding that some guy had sent him. And I mean, like, I'm talking about dust bowl and looked like a pitcher, you know. And my dad sat riding in the middle of him, and this sunbuck is kissing his ass, doing the deal. My dad sat right in the middle, never so got out. Was a sunfishing son of a gun. Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> doubt. And I was on my bicycle. I stopped, you know, and it was like, just like my dad's like this god, you know what I mean? Like, oh my yeah. God, look at this guy. And so that, that, those memories like that, you know what I mean? So that's what I was like, boy, if I could ever do that, that would be the coolest thing I'd ever do. You know, if I could ride a bronc like my dad did, you know, when in that picture, in that my mind, my memory. And so I started breaking a few colts here and there and never could ride one like what he did, you know, but still can't ride one like he could. But he, uh, it was something that kind of kicked me into doing that. And but I even, wanted to do that. Even in terms of breaking colts, like in this same thing that you're talking about, where you have to be able to realize you can't force them I mean, you okay. So you can yeah. force them right. to do what you want them to do, but is that ultimately going to achieve the goal? Right. No. I mean, you're so going eventually. You're break- going to eventually get there to where you want to get there, right. but it's going to be a longer process, and there's going to be a lot more bumps yeah. in the and road. It's the to difference get to between that a end. stick and a carrot. Yeah, and you know, and so those horses, you know, today today's horses are bred so well and so good and so athletic and so smart, you know, I mean, the majority of them, there's still some, there's still <laughs> we have some a lot out of there. Horses. <laughs> yeah, there's still some out there, but those horses are bred, they're, they're, they're even the barrel horses, they're bred to do what they do, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. It, it ain't like you, you're taking a horse from the cutting pen that's supposed to cut a cow 
and all of a sudden that don't want to do that, they can run. No, they're very hyper-specific. Yeah, they're very hyper-specific nowadays, you know. I mean, we bred those horses to whatever event specific. But fundamentally, event. it always just comes back to the same thing where, and, and, and it's what most people go through their entire life never asking themselves this question is like, what can I do different? Right. To like change the outcome. It's usually always something else. Yep. Uh, it's because they did this. It's because they right. did that. It's never, what can I do different? And if you're training horses, like that is the number one question. Because at oh, some yeah. point you can't talk to them. You can only whip them so much. Yeah, and exactly. At some point you just got to sit there and go. Yeah. What do I need to do different to get the outcome that I'm asking for? And yeah. that's when you got to be smart enough to either go ask somebody, go seek the knowledge out from somebody that's already been there and done that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they'll give it to you. Or send it to somebody that will do right. what you need to do, you know. And so you got to be willing to do those kind of things, you know, I and mean, to figure it out. Eventually, you either – there ain't no telling how many horses I ruin it, you know. I mean, just like straight up ruin it because I tried to mash them into doing something that they like. Like, dude, I, this is way too early. Like, I don't need to be doing this yet. <laughs> and I have figured that out too, you know. I mean, it's like we – nowadays, everything's – we want it now. We want it now. We want it now. Even in the horse industry, you know, I mean, we want to train a horse by the time he's a three-year-old. At the end of his three-year-old year, you put your hand down on him and you expect him to hold a cow. Right. You expect him to run down there and slide 40 foot. You yeah. expect him to back in the corner of a box and run out there and perform like a 10-year-old. At three. At yeah. three. Yep. It's like we've put that much pressure on those horses, you know. And them old timers back in the old days, I mean, a good horse, you, they didn't even hardly get them broke till they were six or seven. Sure. You know, and they were Bronx until they were 10 or 11. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, golly. And now we're, we're the futurity, you know, they're riding there and put their hand down on this badass cutting horse that can hold a cow or five cows at one time, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy to me. And so, Everybody has progressed. The horse flesh See, has progressed. Now, what's interesting to me, though, is there's certain aspects of genetics that are beneficial like that. Right. I mean, these horses are so smart and so athletic, so yeah. talented at such an early age. But then there's other areas where we have completely dropped the ball. Right. I mean, I, I talk about feet, mm-hmm. chewing them. It's, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, even when I started 10 years ago, there's stuff just on average that I see now that 10 years ago just wasn't as much of an issue. See I mean, these things are just, they're just crippled. They got little feet. They grow no heel. Right. I mean, they're just bad, but nobody's putting any emphasis on them right. in terms of the genetics there. Right. So then some of these are so talented and so athletic, but yet you can't keep them sound. Yeah. We see it all the time with the barrel horses. I mean, these things are freaking, they're getting little bones. They look like little toothpicks, (laughs) you know, and their feet are terrible. So it's like in some ways we've helped with the genetics, but I mean, if the thing can't lope a circle because it's crippled all the time, like what does it matter? Yeah, it does matter. So in some ways it's just humans always getting in the way of it. Yeah, just in the way, processing, pushing and mashing too fast, too far, too far, too far. I'm curious about like how much – were you selling a lot of horses before you had the Instagram stuff going on? Yeah, I had a pretty good little program, you know. I mean, I, 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 my horse program was pretty good, and I was selling quite a few, you know. And I still don't sell that many, 
because I do, I want to keep them until they're solid and I know exactly what they are. Now I'll sell some four and five year olds, mm-hmm. you know, but like those finished using horses. You go out to Wickenburg and sell one for yeah, no, I haven't been out, I, hadn't, I wish. Yeah, that's my next. That's my next goal. I need to go over and hang out with Trevor and figure yeah, out how to do that. Totally. So that's just like we were talking about. You I know, mean, how I mean, much? How much was it? Wasn't it like two hundred fifty k? It was like two fifty k. Yeah, like, yeah, really cool. Heck yeah, really badass. Yeah, like, man. Then you see something like that, you're like, okay, now that's that's where I want to go. Now that's where I want to. That's where I want to be. I want to sell one of those a year. I want to have one of those horses every year, and it's just like that. I mean, hell, you just got to go figure out how to do it. You know, I mean, Trevor obviously has figured out the game. He knows how to do it, and he knows he's got the wherewithal, and he's who he is, and he just, he's a badass horse. <laughs> so it's like, man, I don't know where you would really. F- Totally find the time to do all that. I mean, because you got how many, how many, how many pieces of property are you leasing? Got you got three, three leases right now. Yeah, and you're running all sorts of cattle on all of them. And yeah, I, I got a few cows scattered out. Not very many. So. I mean, so your daily schedule. If we're talking about the grind day to day, because it's cool that Buster Frierson has thirty five thousand Instagram followers, <laughs> but at the same time, it's what people don't see is you probably get up at the butt crack of dawn. About and you work all freaking day. Yeah. Most of the time, and there's times, you know, I have like yesterday and today, I really hadn't, I've kind of done a few things around the house and just kind of been around the house. It's been raining and it's wet and I got everything situated and kind of laid by on all my ranches and I got leased and cows are kind of fending for themselves right now. And it's not that I don't see them, you know, but it's just kind of one of those deals where I think I thought about it a couple of days ago and I think like six weeks I hadn't had a day off. I mean, like I've done something every day for the last six weeks. And so July 4th rolled around and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a couple of days off and kind of decompress and do some stuff around here because you get like, I get to going so hard and going different places and doing things and running and gunning. And my saddle house has become a mess, you know I mean? Just like trash, there's stuff thrown in there, you know, just running and gunning. And so yesterday I resituated my saddle house. I took all my bridles and oiled them, got all the mold and junk off them, you know, and cleaned out some stalls, moved some stuff around, just trying to situate, you know, what I use every day and keep it where it's, I don't know, I'm not I'm not an OCD guy, but when I walk in my saddle house, I want to know where everything is, and I want to know, when I walk in there, if I don't see that bridle, I'm like, where's that bridle at, you know, I and mean, if it's not hanging where it's supposed to be, I'm like, so it's like, cleaned out my trailers, cleaned out my pickups, just kind of got everything situated, worked on a pickup, you know, it's just trying to do that maintenance around that, the, back to the basics, and we're talking about back to the basics, you got to kind of keep everything rolling, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. You look up and you're going, you know, like 4.35 every morning you're leaving and you're coming in at 9 o'clock every night and you eat supper and you lay down and you get up and do it again. That's six weeks in a row. It's like, whew, yeah. need to slow down. You know it's like, How much better does that make it, though, when you get when you do have a chance to just take a deep breath? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's, it is. It's good, you know, like yesterday and today it's kind of been – I don't even really know, like today, like – I knew I was coming over here, so I jacked around there in the barn. I f- fed horses, and I messed with one colt, you know, this morning, just kind of jacking around there. And somebody's like, what are you doing today? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure I'm like, I, I need to be doing something. I need to be doing something. uncomfortable need, Yeah, a little it does. Bit. It made me uncomfortable. Well, yeah, during the 4th, uh, at the beginning of May, like we've had 20-something shows between May and now. And yeah. then I took – I made it a point to take off the 4th and then this next weekend coming up. And so we had some family over Saturday and we had some more people over on Sunday. And I we were just sitting there by the pool and 
it was like I got up and yeah. went and like weeded the garden <laughs> while they're like there, and I'm watering the yard yeah. and just it's like, dude, yeah, stop. Just chill out. Stop, yeah, no bro. No doubt. I mean, but Stop. you do, you get in such a habit of just cracking. But cranking, that's, that cracking. is like the greatest thing for me because my early 20s were spent just being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know if you had the same kind of thing with your dad. Maybe not. But, you know, my whole formative years, my dad's phrase was always get your head out of your ass. Right. I mean, because it was. It was so far up there. <laughs> and... And it's just being an idiot. Just go to work. Yeah. Quit making excuses. Right. Make something happen. And it wasn't even all that long ago that I was just working and doing my thing. And and he he tells me, well, he's like, man, you're just working a lot. You know, <laughs> you need to just you know you just need to realize you got to just chill out sometimes. And I'm like, what? I'm like, how could you tell me that? <laughs> you, you spent 20 years telling me to get my head out of my ass and Go make work. something happen. And now I am. And now you're telling me I'm working too hard? Gosh. That's uh, good. You know, I mean, it really is. It's That's good that he noticed it, you know, because he would be the one that wouldn't notice it. Sure. You could be working your ass off. And, you know, true. being a dad, you'd be like, ah, you need to work harder. Right. You ain't doing that's it That's true. That's so it is nice good. That's, that's a... That's a that's a good that's a good say for you, you know. That's a good lick for that, you. Because you're right. That probably would be more frustrating if he was yeah. like, "What are you doing? Yeah. You're not making anything happen." Yeah, and I'm what like, the hell? I cannot work any harder. Yeah, exactly. So that's good that he noticed it. That's, I guess that's so. Badass. There you go. I don't know. I mean, you have a different perspective on it though, because you got a boy. Yeah, yeah, I do. I have a boy who's 15. He just turned 15, so. Yeah. He needs to get his head out of his ass. Yeah. He's got his head out of his ass. <laughs> he's a pretty good boy. But yeah, he's 15. Like you said, we I talked about at 15, my, it was oh, way yeah. up there. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit ago, but he's he's a pretty good boy. Take he he does does a lot of good stuff, but he's still 15. I mean, we were all 15 and so Heck yeah. Is he just, homeschooled? No, he goes to a public school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a <sighs> Hell had no. you ever thought about the homeschooling thing? Oh, hell no. I ain't smart enough to homeschool him. Yeah, that's true. He could have a little tutor, though. <laughs> you know? Yeah. A tutor. Yeah, a tutor. <laughs> no. No, he going to school. He like, going get to your school. ass on a bus and go to school. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, I, I don't know. I think it does them good. I think it makes them figure out how to deal with life and different people and different situations. And I agree. You know, but, I mean, homeschool is great. I'm not taking that away from anybody. But, but if you were like rodeoing and doing all yeah, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, no doubt. So. I mean, if, you know, if, if the situation was different, maybe so. But I think, it, you know, like I say, I ain't taking anything away from the homeschool people because I know there's situations and there's people that need to do it. But I think they need to get on a bus, you know, I mean, yeah, I remember that was that's what made me who I was, you know. I mean, we got on the bus at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. We was the last ones off the bus, yeah. you know, and I got picked on and beat up on the school bus and just all that kind of stuff going on, you know. It's just one of them deals where it's like it's life. Do you think that bullying is always bad? You know, I, I, in the sense like sometimes like I was bullied at times. Yeah. I mean, I and think I also we bullied were. other kids at times. Yeah. I think we all, but were. a lot of times I needed have. it. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, I, I was being an I, idiot. Yeah. I mean, I, bullying, picking on someone that's smaller than you. For oh a reason, yeah. That's a total yeah. different deal. But yeah. I think like just no, like picking on the handicapped kid. Yeah. No, like, doubt. that's not, no, doubt. that's no, not, not cool. At all. No, not cool at all. And you know, I think, but if you're bumping your gums at football practice yeah, and you get and some, swatted, yeah, yeah, it's like I mean, that's life. Yeah, that's life. That is life. Quit running moment. your mouth. Exactly. It's it's 
It's learning how some to people, deal with people and other people. Some people think that's bullying, though. Yeah, see, and I, I don't agree. I, I'm, with, I'm with you on this deal. I think, you know, I mean, if you get your head smacked, and I and I said it the other day on one of my posts, I think everybody needs to have their ass whooped a couple of times. Dude, a good, a I mean, like nose. a good ass whooping, like somebody mm-hmm. black both your eyes, swell mm-hmm. them shut. Like it makes you understand that sometimes it's better just to, Shut your mouth and walk off. Yeah, man. I mean, the hierarchy really is. of life. When, when was the first time? Did you have you got? See, you're so big and oh, early. Dude, I got my ass. Really? When was the first time? Like bad, bad. Like yeah. I, in San Angelo one night in college. Yeah, like I had a guy hit me so hard, knock me over some hedges at a because I was running my in mouth. the nose or to get oh, you. No, he hit jaw? me right in the eye. Ooh. Like right, 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 right in the top of the nose, both eyes. Yeah, black, both eyes. You're talking like eye. in the center? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, gosh. Yeah, like bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Did it break your bridge? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah. gosh. Like I heard for- Did he jump on you or was it- No, he thought it was over with. And, uh, oh, did you go back? Oh, yeah. We, Good yeah, for you. I, yeah. So did y'all end up- I left. In? He didn't. The uh, yeah, oh, so you got back after him? Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, oh, but he. See. I mean, yeah. it was one of them. Like it was like two Charlotte Bulls in a pen that never should be in the pen <laughs> together. You know, I mean, it was like when when it was started, it was like oh, okay, like you should have finished it because I am not over. I'm not done yet, my man. But, well, yeah. hey, isn't that like a classic? Uh, so you you got it taken to you, but you didn't quit. Yeah, no, that, yeah. Yeah, he should have went ahead and finished it. <laughs> See, I was like looking for the story where you actually got your ass whipped, but then your first <laughs> oh, ass whip, your first ass whipping story, you still come back and whoop the dude's ass. <laughs> oh, I got my ass. That's whooped. like a classic. I don't think my it, first one is like I got my ass whipped and I did not do anything. <laughs> I just, I just got my ass whipped. Oh, like I don't think anybody ever wins in one of them deals, you know. I mean, especially yeah. like that. Yeah, maybe you know, but I, I don't know, like. My deal is you better knock me out or kill me because it's uh, if I can get up, we're gonna go until I can't. I'm kind of one of them guys, you know. I think it, it there's you know I think it changes your perspective quite a bit when somebody does crack you because it makes oh, you yeah. think twice about you know bumping your guns at somebody. It's like this guy could hit me, oh, yeah. but unless you've ever been really, you don't popped, know what it's yeah. You don't understand what it is or how no, bad it you hurts. get that first just <laughs> when you get your nose popped and your eyes are watering. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that just has to happen one time. Yeah, I think everybody needs to get ass like, whooped. I don't think I want to. Yeah. I've walked away from stuff too. Right. You know, I'm always down to, you know, if somebody really wants to do it, it's like, it takes me a lot, but then we'll have to do it. But I've had the moments where the guy's like, hey, you don't want to do this. And I'm like, mm, I think you're right. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I don't think I want this. <laughs> but, you know, if they you got that to... cauliflower ear, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nah, dude, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, no, no. Buy you a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet we can work this out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Might be it's different a... for you, but I just. No, I no, it's always better. Dude. I'm the same <laughs> way, man. I'd, I'd try to walk away from them. It's like, because uh, you know what it's, you know it's going to end up. I mean, nobody wins. I mean, you Look, know. even if you win a fight, it yeah, hurts. You don't win. Yeah. You got broken knuckles. Yeah, your fingers. hands are all beat up oh, and face is mashed and yeah. you feel like hell for a week and two weeks. I don't know, but it, yeah, it's not ever a good thing. But there, there seems to be a pretty big difference with the way kids are raised now. Even I graduated high school about, I don't know what, 10 years ago or something. So even the way it's changed since then, right. the way coaches treat kids, right. the way parents treat kids, it's like, it seems so different. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, the whole, like everybody gets a trophy, everybody's a right. winner. Right. No, there's losers. No, for sure. There's losers. For so sure. So you either need to quit and do something else or get better. 
Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You better be able to figure out how to handle disappointment because sooner or later you're going to be disappointed, very disappointed. Almost every day. You're not going to win. Like what happens when those kids have their first job and they get fired? Yeah. What the heck are they going to do? Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like we talked about this other day, me and another gal. We talked about kids, you know, never being disappointed. Their parents always taking care of them and tending to them, you know, and never taking, you know, and, and I, I don't know how long ago it was or, you know, where it was or what, but a kid's first girlfriend broke up with him and he shot himself because of it. And, you know, it's like he was so distraught, disappointed that she broke up with him. He had never, you know, he was an only child. And it's horrible for everybody involved, no doubt about it. And not blaming anybody here, but his parents could have, they, they, he never was disappointed his whole life, you know. I mean, they took care of him. They babied him. He never had anything go wrong his entire life. And as soon as the first thing went wrong. He kills himself. Yeah, he shot himself, you know. Now, there might have been other issues involved in there, but... It seems to me like, you know, it's like, dang, over a high school girlfriend? I mean, you're 16 years old, 17 years old. And, you know, he thought it was the end of the world because he had never been disappointed before. He had never been told no. He had never been told, hey, life sucks. It's mean. And you're going to be lost. What was your first big, like, disappointment thing where you failed or were very disappointed, but then you realized your only option was to just, dust yourself off and just keep going forward. What was your first big like <sighs> failure? Man, why are you going to ask that? Oh. Um, so a lot of people know, but uh, I mean, I don't know if you know, if, but a lot of people know because of other podcasts I've done and just talking, but I used to drink pretty heavily. Okay. And I was pretty bad about it or I was real good at it. One of the two, I don't know. I sucked at it or it was real good. It looks it. like you won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> I guess the first really, you know, that really, really in my adult life, I mean, yeah, I lost some games and we, you know, football, basketball and that kind of stuff. And, but like the real, I guess the one that really stands out to me was I drank quite a bit and I wasn't, I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. I was an alcoholic. I mean, I wasn't an everyday drunk, but when I drank, I'm kind of like I'll fight, you know, and when we start, we're going to go all the way to the end, whether we run out or whether somebody, you pass out. I mean, that's kind of my mentality about most anything. There was no casual. No, there wasn't uh, no, hey, let's like go. Like a couple beers at the no, end of the night? No. no. Like you, me and you go drink a beer, we'd be drinking beer at 2 o'clock this morning. If you're still tough enough to hang on. Right. You know? I mean, okay. we're, still, we're still doing it. Right. And uh, so I'd gotten a few driving awards, and uh, or one driving award, I guess. Gotcha. And then I got another driving award. And by that, I mean I got a DWI. Yeah, I, I got you. And, uh, I don't know. I was in jail one night, and uh, I was, I'm was i in my mid-20s, probably 26, 27, 28 years old about that time. Did you have your boy yet? No. No, okay. I wasn't married. I was still single, just kind of running wild, you know, and uh, thought I was pretty smart, thought I was pretty cool. And I was laying in jail one night and looked up and was like, wow, what the hell am I doing here? And uh, knew I was going to have to be there for a little bit and to serve some of my time out <laughs> and uh, I was like man I was raised better than this you know I mean and I guess to answer your question that was my first major like big disappointment like I was disappointed in myself disappointed in the path I chose I guess disappointed in the decisions I'd made and uh, I just I was laying there that night and really 
no excuses. Like got real deep down, dark in the core, dug it all out. And I didn't have anybody to blame but myself, you know, mm. I'd blamed everybody, you know, the cop or the pickup or this or that or girlfriend or whatever, you know, and that's any other time I'd gotten in any kind of issues about my drinking, I always blamed something else. It was always somebody else's fault, something else's fault. And uh, really got deep down into it and was like, you know what? It ain't nobody's damn fault but myself. I mean, I'm the one that put myself here. I'm the one that chose to do it. I'm the one that picked to do it. I'm, I mean, I'm the only reason that I'm here. My family raised me better than that. I'm better than that. I know better than that, you know, and had a real deep conversation with myself and decided right then and there that I would never, ever be back in that situation and got out. Quit. You just cold turkey quit yeah, right just there. Done. Like, and I, that's been 19 years ago. No kidding. Yeah. Never a drop. Nope. So I just quit. And that's, that's like I said, that's one thing. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the way. And so when I decided to quit, I quit. And it was hard. Don't believe it. It's probably the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. You know I mean? I'd gone, I'd probably started drinking when I was 16, mm-hmm. you know, having a beer here and there, sneaking some beers, you know. I mean, what culturally, I, it's a pretty uh, relaxed. Yeah. I mean, you just have a beer. Yeah, you know, and so, it, you know, I'd done it for 10 or 12, 15 years already, you know, as a, you know, as a 26, 27, 28-year-old, and it was part of my life, you know. I'd get off work, and I'd go have a beer. Mm-hmm. Hell, am I not Or going, 20. Or 20, yeah. 20. Yeah, no joke. A lot of hyper-successful people, hyper-productive people, they have that issue. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was me. Like, I, I was... It's still to this day, you know, I've been sober 19 years and people say, oh, I bet you can drink one beer. I'm like, nope, huh. I ain't even trying it. And yeah. whether I know I can or whether I know I can't, I don't know, but I'm not going to chance it because, yeah, why would you? I mean, I, my success that I've had and who I am today is because of that decision I made that not laying on that jail cell bunk. I mean, there ain't no doubt about it whatsoever. I'd have killed somebody or I'd have killed myself mm. and I disappointed a lot of people. So were there a lot of mistakes that were made? Apart, like, uh, because you were drinking so much, oh, you were yeah. just making... Yeah, no so doubt. So it just kind of came with everything. Yeah, everything, you know, from the way I acted amongst people, the way my, you know, the job, my job history at that time, you know, my girlfriend history or my relationship history, whether it was with my family or a girl or, you know, work, whatever. There was a lot of dumb decisions made because of my drinking, you know. I mean, hell, I was... I, one one thing I did I think about back now is I was working for a power company as a lineman in Fort Worth and I was making a lot of money like I was single had an apartment making a lot of money most money I'd ever made you know mm-hmm. had a great job insurance retirement you know making I don't know 60 70 thousand a year as a single man that was 25 26 years old yeah you're crushing it yeah got my truck repoed because I didn't pay my freaking truck payment just just burning it, you know, just burning that money. Just, oh, you were just spending it. Yeah, just burning oh, it. Dang. Drinking and partying and running and gunning, you know. I woke How up, far into the partying hole did you get? Like when you say partying, like, what are we talking? Just go to the bar, drink? Yeah, yeah just okay. go to the bar, drink, hang out. You know, I mean, like certain spots, you know, we'd go to the river and hang out for a week and drink beer and sure. float the river or drink beer and, you know, hang out at, down around Tin Top where the, we ski and, you know, just that kind of stuff. Do you like, think that there's more people that are alcoholics than actually realize they are? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. For sure. For sure. You know, and I wasn't one of those guys that I had to get up and have a drink to, to function. But when you were going to do it, like – 
Yeah, you were a binge drinker. Yeah, very yeah, bad. You'd bad turn binge. it up. Like we'd we go buy a thirty pack and we're going to drink the thirty pack. I mean, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. and then we're going to go if it's time allowance. We, if we're still rolling, we're going to go get us another case of beer and maybe a bottle of whiskey because now we're good and drunk. That's right. And yeah, now we're going to really, really have a good time. Yeah, so man. you know, I mean, that was kind of my lifestyle then. I worked hard. I played hard, and. Uh, you know, like I say, I was making a lot of money, and I look up on Sunday morning, there's a truck out there hooking up to my pickup. I'm like, what the hell? So how'd you get out of that deal? <laughs> I went and had to go get it back. You know, I ended up having to pay. I had to freaking borrow some money and uh, go get it, pay, make my payments and get it back. And it was just like, you know, one thing after another. And I look back on that now, and I'm like, damn, dude, you were so stupid. Just needed a kick in the pants. Yeah, I need, you know, and, but at that time, I'm pretty smart. I thought I was pretty smart, you know. I mean, like, yeah. I got a good job. I'm making a lot of money. I'm single. I got my own deal, you know. And it's like just trying to find something that satisfied me, and I couldn't find it, no matter how much money I made. That's interesting. Or how much partying I did or drinking, you know. I was trying to find something to satisfy my insides, and I couldn't do it. And that's what it's funny, like, I walked in after about five and a half years of working for the line company as a lineman, making a lot of money and turned my tools in and said, I'm done. I quit. And they're like, what? You can't quit. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can. I just quit. I went back to Cowboy. And, like I rented a little old place outside of Weatherford and had a round pen. I built me a little old saddle house and making shit nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like went from making 60, 70 grand a month, a year to 30, 20, maybe 20, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Day trashing, starting colds, trying to figure out, you know, doing whatever I could to make a living. And then that gradually, you know, gradually got a little better and a little better. And, you know, I mean, I'm one of those guys where I don't I don't need a whole lot of money. I just need to be happy and be able to go do what I want to do. And, well, so is that the whole, you saying you were trying to fill a hole and you didn't know what needed to be there. Was that the hole that you were needing to fill, yeah. or was there something else? Or, no, like, I think what is that, that hole? I think that was the hole. Like, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy doing what I was doing because I don't think I was made to do that. Okay. And I think I was made to do what I do now. Okay. And, you know, I was, there was just something about the cowboy, something about the cowboy life. And I know it sounds kind of weird that, you know, or, faux pas, whatever everybody wants to say about it. But there's something about the cowboy life that gives you so much freedom that you're your own person. You either sink or you swim yourself. I mean, nobody, it's like, here we go. Let's jump in and see what happens. And that's, that's kind of who I am, what I am. I mean, if I want to try to do something, that's, I try to figure out how to do it the best of my ability and I'll get some help here and there. And I don't know, it was just something to, it felt like that's what I needed to do, you know, and I took the chance and that's what I did. So it's, people ask, it happened the other day. I was playing poker and a guy goes, you a cowboy? And uh, how do you answer that? Is that a weird question? <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, I've been asking enough now that I kind of, yeah, I'm a cowboy. I'm in okay. there, no doubt about it. I, uh, and they said, what does a cowboy mean to you? You know, of course. Oh, they'll actually ask oh, that. Oh, that's the next, you know, a oh. lot of people ask, okay. what, is, what, is, what does a cowboy mean to you? And, and my answer is it's it's a lot of freedom, no doubt about it. It's a freedom to choose where you are, what you do, when you do it. But it also means to me that there's a character, there's a certain character, there's a certain integrity, there's certain values that you hold real, real tight, and you won't give them up no matter what. And 
a lot of people nowadays will sell those out pretty quick mm. for something else. And I think a true cowboy holds on to them no matter what. And it's they're not they're not for sale. You know, I mean that that part of me is not for sale. You're not gonna get me to change my mind about one of those characters' integrity or values. I mean, that's just that's who I am. You live with it, die with it, you can take it or leave it. I don't really give a damn, you know. I mean, you can like me for who I am or you can hate me for who I am, but I'm not it's gonna change yeah. because you think I need yeah. to change. That's interesting that you take a little bit more of a poetic, romantic approach to yeah. what a cowboy is. Yeah. Because like me, when somebody asks you, that guy going, <laughs> when he says, are you a cowboy? I go, well, I mean, I don't like day work. Right. Like I don't cowboy for a living. Right. You know, because pretty early on, I, I sort of, I don't know if I totally got rid of the romantic idea of being a cowboy. I think I was around so many people that were technically cowboys, but they sort of hijacked the romantic side of it. Right. And they wrote on the back of integrity, trustworthiness, right. uh, having good character, being honest. And they used a lot of those things to get over on people mm -hmm. because they wore a cowboy hat and they were a cowboy. They could use a lot of those things to take advantage of people. Right. And so now I don't know, like if I've just lost a little bit of hope in, in that. And, uh, but now anymore, it's like, if somebody asks, are you a cowboy? It's like, do you cowboy for a living? Right. Right. And that's where I get kind of hung up on it on times. Cause I can totally get down with the idea of having integrity and being honest and being who you are and meaning what you say and saying what you mean and all the, cause if that's the criteria, there's a lot of freaking cowboys that don't wear cowboy hats. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, My no dad's doubt. one of them. No that doubt. dude is the, the most cowboy guy ever, but he's a doctor. Yeah. Never worn a cowboy hat in his life. Right. But. There's a lot of guys that I know that are cowboys that my dad's more cowboy than they are. Yeah. In those on terms. The, in those terms. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No doubt about it. And it, and I guess I should preface that with, you know, I mean, yeah, you got to be able to, <laughs> yeah, you better be able to go punch some cows, you know, and, and, and do your own side of it. You know, I mean, it's kind of one of those deals where, yeah, everybody does things different. Everybody's got different skill levels involved. No doubt about it. Like I say, there's way, way, way better cowboys out there that I'm friends with that are way better cowboys than me. But I am still a cowboy, you know. I mean, that's I get up in the morning, I, I tend to my horses, I take care of cattle for a living, you know. I understand how to move cattle, I understand how to ride horses, I understand how to read a cow, you know. I mean, that kind of stuff kind of goes along with it. When you say cowboy to me, that's probably you're the, taking it to a deeper level. Yeah, that's probably the first and foremost thing. Yeah, I mean, do you are you a cowboy? Yes, I'm a cowboy. I perform cowboy duties sure. for a living. That's yeah. what I do. Yes, but I also feel like there's a certain degree of being a cowboy too. Like you say, the, I agree. That, that more romantic side. I wish of there it. was more of that. Yeah, I do too. You know, I mean, it, it is one of those deals. And it's funny that you say that, you know, just because you put on a cowboy hat don't necessarily mean you're a cowboy. There mm -hmm. ain't no doubt about that. You know, I know a lot of. And there's just different levels of yeah, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dale it's like compared to what? <laughs> compared to what? I'm a cowboy compared to what? Right, right. I don't know. There's some people that could go to work with me and they'd be like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. This dude is free. But then like yeah. I'd go to work with you and you'd be like, What are you doing, bro? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I can and swing me, a rope and, a little bit. I, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the same way with me. Like if I go to Arizona, you know, and I run with some of those guys out there in Arizona, I'm just like, Phew, I better 
I'm going to be real quiet. I'm going to be real small over here because these guys are doing shit I have no idea about. You know? That's interesting. So it's like, it's cool to go and see. And I have the I have the availability now that I can, you know, every once in a while. And I do like going and trying to put my skills, not necessarily in competition with those other guys, but just kind of seeing where I rate, you know, in my mind. Sure. And like, can I, can I cowboy with these guys? Can I do what they do in their – their world, you know, I mean, like there's different cowboy skills everywhere. You know, you go up north and the guys cowboy different because of the terrain, because of the weather, because of what they have to deal with. You know, you go down in South Texas is where it's brushy. There's different cowboys. Like everybody has a different skill set because of where they grew up at or where they, they actually work at. And so it's fun for me to go. Can I go cowboy in Arizona? Can I go cowboy in New Mexico? Can I go to Montana? And, you know, and those guys respect me for my skills no matter what those, you know, no matter where you're at. That, I think that's cool. That's one thing that, you know, I think that's way back in the old days. That's the way them old guys did. You know, they're always talking about drifting around to different places and seeing what's over the next deal. Well, I think I still have that kind of vibe in me. You know, I want to go see, I want to go see how they do it over there, you know, and can I, can I compare with those guys or will they respect me, you know? And so it's like, it's cool to figure out whether you can or whether you can't, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's, a lot of guys tell me if you can cowboy in Texas and Arizona, you can go cowboy anywhere. Well, that might in Florida, they might say if you can cowboy in Florida and Mississippi, South Florida, yeah, you can go <laughs> cowboy anywhere. I don't know, I've never been there, you yeah. know. I mean, I bet it's totally different, you know. I want to go to Brazil and cowboy with those guys, you know. Oh, I want to yeah. go hang out and see what the, how they do it, you know. I mean, that's yeah. I want to go see what's over the next hill. I think that's cool. Well, now we were talking at lunch about how when you go to another place. And they yeah. might have a certain way of doing it. You don't interject right. all the time. It's about having a little bit of respect for you their bet. place, what they have going on. Doesn't necessarily mean it's right or wrong. Yeah, exactly. Have you been places though where you don't you don't agree with the way that they're doing it, uh, and it gets to a point where oh, yeah. you're like, hey, yeah, this like it's cool. dangerous for the animals yes. and oh, the yeah. people involved. Yep. Yeah, you're like, hey, you do have to step in. Yeah, you know, I mean, but you do it out of you do it very respectfully. You try to do it very respectfully, or you load your whether well, we say you roll your bed and go somewhere else, you know. But and a lot of people, if they have any kind of sense at all or a little bit of sense, you know, they see the situation as well, you know. And like, there's been some times where he's like, "Hey, man, we might." I think there's a better way to do it. What do you think about maybe we do it this way, you know, instead of trying to, gotcha. you know, so you try to do it. Man, but that's just managing people. Yeah. Managing emotions. Yeah, it is, you know, and, and it's one of those deals. A lot of people that, a lot of people don't, a lot of people get offended by it, you know, like, just like we were talking about earlier, and my ranch, my cows, I do it the way I want to do it. And if you don't like it, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Well, then you either got to, you either got to be there and from here down, you know, from your shoulders down do the labor or roll your bed and go somewhere else. I mean, it's kind of one of them deals where it's like, okay, thank you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But. Well, so like managing people like that, how did you, is that something that you've actually had to consciously think about doing? Like managing emotions like that? And oh, being able yeah. To- like there's times, you know, I still lose my emotion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like sure. I get pissed off and yeah. yell and scream and throw my sucker down. And, but, you know, the older I get, the easier it is because you have seen the situations. You know, you've been in that situation of more than just once or twice and you try to figure out the best way to manage somebody and I'm pretty good. I want to think I'm pretty good at reading people, reading animals, you know, and so it's like, 
reading people is a lot like reading animals. You know, if I go to step up on a bronc and he's moving around, he's doing certain things with his feet. He's doing certain things with his ears. He's doing certain things. You know, you're kind of like leery. Okay. Well, I've been here before. I know what could happen if I go ahead and approach it in this situation, this manner, I can, he can jump, kick you in the belly, you know, or, okay, I'm going to do this a little different. You know, it's the same way with you getting around shoeing a horse. I mean, you can tell when them horses are fixing to get shitty and you, you adapt your, you adapt the way you, your style around that to, to maybe avoid that or situation. Belly kick them. Yeah. Or belly kick them. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time when I belly kick them, I, they kick me back and hurt me. I hurt my toe or something. Be like, ah, you got to point those toes, yeah, Buster. Yeah. You got to down, <laughs> kick them with the you point top of your toes. foot. Yeah. <laughs> it's an art. Huh? A good belly kick is an art form. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt for sure. But yeah, I mean, people are the same way. I mean, you, there's some people. Most that you're people like, need a good belly kick. Yeah, there ain't no joke. So there's a lot of people need a good belly <laughs> need kick. A good belly kick. What a lot. You of don't people, know what gender you are. <laughs> yeah, you, you need a belly, belly kick. kick. <laughs> you need you'll figure. Kick. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you figure out real quick. Like you didn't let your boy pick what gender he was going to be. No, I mean he he got he, he got knew. what he got. <laughs> yeah, he God gave him his gender. That's right, yeah. man. Yeah, God gave Isn't him. Isn't it his crazy gender. that that's controversial? No, it is. It, it's I the, mean, come on. It, are, it's not crazy. It's just plumb stupid. Yeah, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. of. I mean, crazy is like what Evil Knievel does. Like jump over forty-two right. trucks. Right. I mean, stupid is just like taking things that are just not. An yeah. issue, and then creating an yeah, issue. Exactly. I mean, I seen a deal the other day. Said uh, if you don't think gender gender is, I don't remember how it was said, but it's something about go milk a bull or get get eggs from a rooster. And you tell me if gender doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. Well, what's interesting to me too is like the, uh, I don't know, stuff just doesn't seem to add up with the things that they emphasize. So, like, you know, feminism is all about. Uh, you know, the woman and um, uh, trying to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, emphasize the, the good qualities of femininity, right? Yeah, right. And it's like, but even that statement is in conflict with there's like 47 genders. Yeah, no. It's like, exactly. well, who are you to say that that's a woman? Yeah. What if it identifies as a man? It's like, what's the point of being a feminist if there is no genders? Exactly. It's like it doesn't make any none of their stuff like adds up. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah. Well, now that we talked about that. Yeah, let's go back to like <laughs> belly kicking horses and stuff, man. You got me like really <laughs> I have no idea what the hell we're talking about now. Just so Yes you do. Yeah, Jared. Yes, Jared, you just do. I, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I don't even know what a feminism is. A, fe a feminism. <laughs> I don't either, man. <laughs> There's a lot of things in this world that don't make any sense to me. Uh, right? It's increasingly every day it's getting worse and worse. <laughs> no doubt. Your life kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mine? Like, I just don't understand how you can run all these different operations and do all this different stuff. Like, I just don't understand how you manage all of it. I don't. I just kind of <laughs> I just kind of go put the fire out over here and then run, put the fire out over here. I mean, how many businesses are you involved in now? Ah. Uh, See, you don't even know. Look <laughs> how many is it? I, three, That's outrageous. Three, I guess. Yeah. You I guess? got my cow operation, and then I've got Bison Union, and then I've got, uh, I sell some product for ProVantage Animal Health, which I, I mean, they're not just kind of a salesman. Right. Not really a salesman, like a rep for them. Uh, I do some stuff with Chaffee, Pivotal Feeds. I, uh, 
we've got a meat company that me and another guy started so that's kind of up on the forefront right now we're trying to kick through that and yeah get really rocking and rolling what's that called range hand meat co see well you just threw another one in there so that's four yeah well are you are you classifying that with your cattle no operation? i mean it's it's a whole different entity yeah okay so there's four yeah how many other ones are like weaved in here because you got four businesses now. Yeah, that's it, really. I mean, my <laughs> businesses. I do some stuff with Schaefer Outfitters, and I do a okay. lot of stuff with American Hats. And I mean, yeah, just kind of throwing all my sponsors out there. You get that? I'm glad you pulled that up. That's oh, good. I got you. Yeah, I appreciate hey, that. Yeah. I was just bringing it up, <laughs> just by chance. Yeah, good job, man. They're gonna. Just they really. They in really. There. Thank you. Well, American is just right up there in Bowie. It's just yeah. north of us. Yeah, no doubt. Great company. Uh, yeah, great people. Great product. I mean, uh, yeah, you can't. I, mean, I heard that they can use a lacquer that, so like some of your Resistalls. Who else is made in Dallas? Is it just Resistall? I don't know. But I don't, apparently, I don't do some anything of, but with America. Some of these hat companies that are made more in like the Metroplex, they can't use like a, there's apparently like a lacquer that they can use in American because it's just out there in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, it's a chemical. That's why they can hold their shape a little bit better. Yeah. I got an American do. hat. Heck yeah, you did. I saw that right off. Mine was more expensive than yours, though, I would You're, imagine. Yeah, no doubt. That's why I had you on here, so yeah. I could get free hats. Is it? That's the only reason. <laughs> got to wear one like this, though. <laughs> I can't handle that. I'm not as big as you. That hat would look like a sombrero on me. <laughs> you started a new style. <laughs> Somebody already did it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so, uh, honestly, like it really is quite... Uh, curious to me how you how you manage multiple businesses like this. Like I just don't know how you understand how you manage your time the know. way that you do. And you got a kid. Yeah, I go a lot. Like I'm. I mean, it's there's not a whole lot of downtime. Like I'm always thank God for these phones. You know, I mean, really, I, the phones are evil. And you see me reaching over here, and like it's been ringing. Like I've been trying to turn it off. Oh, I thought you were poking at something else. No, it was no, me that's nervous. my phone. That's <laughs> my phone. It's like Buster, my no, goodness. No. <laughs> but thank God for these phones, you know. I mean, because you can do like I do everything. I don't have a laptop. I don't have a desk. I don't have. I've got, I keep a little notebook that I jot stuff down in, you know. And I go off my phone most of the time, and like, I check all my emails. Run off. I run pretty much everything off my phone. And there's a, a, but you don't got anybody that really helps you with no, any scheduling or nothing no, like that. No, I do everything. Like I say, I mean, I try to. I try to keep it as close to, you know, a few days out as I can. Like you reaching out to me a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, shit, I probably won't remember this. But yeah. I did. I actually went ahead and made an alarm, you know, in my there phone. And like an appointment deal and all that. And I'm like, okay, look at there. I'm getting smarter and smarter. I got those day. calendars, man. Yeah. I got two. Yeah. I got the band calendar and then I got the personal calendar. Oh, yeah, calendar. for sure. Yeah, it feels like the only way that you could actually. And I still do a lot of stuff like in a, like a cowboy notebook, you know. I mean, I, yeah. I, I carry a notebook and ever pick up. So I'm like, I write my count numbers down and like, okay, we've vaccinated such and such, such and such. So I can always go back and figure that stuff out, you know. And like most of the stuff that I do with Bison Union and all the. What uh, actually is Bison Union? So Bison Union is the company that Bert Koontz and I started the spec ops guy that came to work for me. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. we started it as kind of an Americana salt of the earth. Just, we started with a couple of t-shirts and those, they sold real well with our logo on them. Um, we actually have a coffee shop in Sheridan, Wyoming now that's open a full fledged oh, okay. coffee shop. We've got coffee, like six different roasted coffee. It's just kind of morphed into a, like a, almost like an old timey general store. Yeah. I would say, you know, I mean, just kind of make it real basic. 
but we sell everything online. Plus you can go to Sheridan to the shop up there and you can buy stuff in the shop, in the coffee shop. We actually started another one in Bernie, Texas the other day. I say though, they've been three months ago, four months ago, it was open, but, uh, it's a military, Bert, of course, was military, and me being a rancher, agricultural guy, it kind of combines the military and the rancher cowboy together, and I don't know, it's been very successful. We got a really good fan crowd. They support us very well. We got a cool logo. It's American flag with a buffalo. Got crossed arrows insignia for special forces. Yeah, and man. Then, you know, I mean, it's just something that we we thought, oh, we'd make T-shirts were kind of cool, you know, and it's like, let's make a cool T-shirt with a cool logo totally. on it, and it's just kind of turned into – like, you know, I mean, we have T-shirts, hoodies, ball caps, coffee now. We got mugs. We got knives. We got boots. We got, I mean, with our logos on them, you know. It's a, and it's Bert's a great guy. He's very, very smart, very sharp on kind of marketing stuff. He had a big following on IG and Facebook, and that's kind of where we started was on that, you know, and it's just kind of turned into what it is. What's the meat company going to be called? Range Hand. Okay, Range Hand. Range Hand Meat Co., yeah, so – you know, and it's a door to door, like you order online and we deliver it to your door. We do some stuff with retail and some restaurants, you know. Over is there it. any sort of like specific type of meat that that is? Or is it, it all yeah, just- it's a 100% all natural grass fed grain finish. Oh, no kidding. No hormones, no antibiotic. Uh, Interesting. Top of the line, premium kind of type cuts. We got some sausages that we've come up with some good recipes and got some sausage that we make. We got some jerky kind of in the works right now. So sooner. Hopefully, pretty soon we'll have like bags of jerky out. Yeah, we got some other stuff in the works. It's going to be pretty cool if we can get it done. Um, so I, I, you know, I mean the the meat company is very, very in the infant stages. We're just trying to get it rocking and rolling, and like we talked about at lunch, you know, I mean there's some issues that we got to work around and figure out how to get get to the consumer through a different process, you know. And so it's a it's a learning process, no doubt about it. I mean, I learned every day that um, I'm not near as smart as I need to be. So, well, I need, I think you need to quit being so lazy yeah. and you need to uh, <laughs> open your own meat packing plant, your own processing plant too. Well, just like in your, maybe on weekends, yeah, you could just, just butcher, <laughs> learn how to butcher cattle too. Yeah. <laughs> quit being so lazy. Yeah. Hey, and then, so I'm playing up in Wyoming, so I need to go up there to your, yeah, yeah uh, go in the store. We're right across from King ropes. Like if you know where King ropes is in downtown Sheridan, yeah, man. you walk out King ropes door and you walk straight across the street and you'll walk into our door. Okay. Right. I, I know you know where the mint bar is. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, see. I've never been up in that area okay. though. No. Oh, well, if you go to the mint bar, go to the, you'll have to go to mint bar, bison union and King ropes. You need to go to all three of those. It's a really cool spot. And, Go up there, uh, drop some names. Yeah, heck yeah. It'll be perfect. Heck yeah, for sure. You just walk in there and tell them, Buster told me, and they'd be like, we don't care because he don't he don't matter up here. Ah, uh, <laughs> I can't even get a free beer. I'll bet you get a free beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm there yeah, for. Yeah, I bet you can get a free beer. <laughs> That's all Maybe. I'm there for. We need to get some shirts and stuff, though, for the yeah, for sure. Buffalo Union. For sure. Bison. Or Bison Union. Yeah. Buffalo. Are What's in. the difference between a buff, yeah, buffalo and a bison? I was fixing to tell you. Bison are in North America. Buffalo are in Asia. Buffalo are in Asia. Yeah, how about that? Really? That weird? I see. I was listening to a thing about the Comanches the other day. Yeah. And I, well, I guess it was all Native Americans in general. They all came over through, I can't remember what it was called, but it was some big land or ice the mass. land bridge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, between Russia and here. Uh-huh. And they all came over here. Right. And I guess that's how the buffalo would have came over. Right, here. right, right. 
but it's still the same thing, essentially. Well, yeah, right? and, I, and I don't know. You read up on it. I mean, that's the scientific names, I guess, is a bison, and then the buffalo is the Asian animal, and the bison is actually the It's North the Wagyu American. of bison. I, yeah, I guess. Does it taste any different? I don't know. I never eat a water buffalo. Now you're talking water buffalo. It's still a buffalo. I know. So see, that's kind of where they get that. Okay. Smaller yeah. frame. Mm-hmm. I would think. Dif- I, yeah. I don't. I mean, I should probably. Bert, my partner, is yeah. like all up on that. Like he really? can tell you all that stuff. I try not to fuzz my head up. I got enough stuff in there. I'm like, I don't need that. I can read it. I can Google that shit. Oh, I can't read it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I'm from that next generation of video you know people. I just listen to it. Uh-huh. I can't read though. Well, yeah. Also, can't do math very well. <laughs> but I'm going to go to your place in Sheridan. Go. Thanks for coming up here and thanks for hanging out, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're going to do it again. I appreciate I it. It's fun. And we're going to. I'm going to go to work with you sometime. Come on. Too, hopefully. Anytime. Yeah. Just drive down the road. But I'm like a real cowboy. I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> bring your guitar and I'll yeah, start yeah. you a fire. Sure, that's you all. I'll just around. sit over there and you play. Can sit around and pick the guitar. Just sit the over fire. there and be an artiste. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks for coming. Oh, thank you, brother. See y'all.